following podcast is a production of the network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Wednesday. Welcome back. Another episode of Fantasy Beasts and where to find them. The Fantasy Football Podcast. Brought to you by Tiki Tribe TV Productions or some shit like that. Guys, I am your uh, host, Kyle Rennie, joined again this week uh, by our newest co-host, Mr. Jason Halt. That's me. And uh, our oldest co-host, Mr. Gary Halt. Uh, back in black. You weren't even wearing anything. You, know, you have black. Nope, that's My burgundy. Okay. Okay, you get back in black slippers, Mr. Gary Halt. Uh, guys, this week we're going to split up the running back uh, category across two episodes, really. We went for a marathon with quarterbacks last week. Yes, we, we, we don't have the timing, unfortunately, for that. So we're going to go with the guys who sh- you'll probably see drafted the top four or five rounds. And uh, then we're going to go with a couple guys who are late, late uh, round possible steals at running back. But uh, what do you say we jump right into it? Yeah, I'm I'm ready. Let's do it. Uh, the first guy we got on the list here, out of Iowa State, six foot one, two twenty six. Pretty big for a running back. Pretty big, yeah. Uh, running back Brees Hall, this past season, two hundred fifty three rushes, one thousand four hundred and seventy two yards, twenty touchdowns. He's he was really the lifeblood of the. Uh, yeah, he was that whole offense at um, Iowa State. He had thirty six catches, three hundred and two yards, and two touchdowns. Guys, what did you find on him? So uh, we saw in that game against Clemson that basically without him that they couldn't really move the ball. Um, without him, without Charlie Kohler, David Purdy was left to do nothing. Yeah, um, I like he, that he was shifty. It's tough to bring down. Um, he can catch out of the backfield a little bit. Um, some of his blocking is, isn't bad. He chips out of the chips chip blocks out of the backfield very well. Um, he's not really like a like a blocker blocker, but he'll get it done. Um, good between the tackles runner, um, great cuts up field. He can cut back. He's got good vision. Um, he continues to find the open lane. Uh, he, he's a prototypical, um, uh, he's, he's going to be an every down back. He's not going to be a Najee Harris type of back that we saw last year where he's just that generational type of, of, of talent. But I think he's going to get it done at the next level. He kind of reminds me of Jonathan Taylor a little, Jonathan Taylor a little bit. Ah. I, I mean that's a huge compliment if that's if that is. And when he came out of the draft, I'm not saying he's not Jonathan Taylor right now. Yeah, um, I had he like makes the moves to keep like plays alive, keeps the plays moving. Uh, he needs better ball security was my only complaint. He's speedy, he fights for yards, and he looks for the contact. Like he looks for someone to play the game. It's awesome. Yeah, uh, I mean I think the way you just said that looks for contact is a real big thing. Uh, something I noticed is beyond being elusive, he's punishing. Yep. He hits you in the face when you go to hit him, and he's going to make sure he's not an easy person to drag down. Um, I had actually, on notes I took, he takes really good angles knowing the pursuit angles from 
against him, but he also finds the hole really well when he's running out of the backfield. He's yeah. not just a to-the-outside type runner. And he was a very consistent touchdown scorer in college. I think they only played, what, 11 or 12 games this year? Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think they played the total number. He had 22 remember. total touchdowns, so he almost averaged a t- or two touchdowns a game. Um, I-, I called him the human highlight reel. Because realistically, he... he Maybe that's where, like, I see where you're getting at is he's a, he's an every down back, but he's not at that top level. He's not the most well-rounded. But right. he almost reminded me of MJD. Granted, he's way bigger. He's just so slippery when yeah. he's free. Um, but like Jason said, I didn't know it's oftentimes he runs with that ball high and exposed, and it's easy yeah. to knock loose on him. Uh, saw he, it a couple times. He had really, really good downfield vision, but I did also notice out of the backfield... He's a slow motor when he starts running. He does not pick that ball up in the handoff at a top speed. He takes that, and maybe that comes down to that issue with security. He comes out of the handoff very slow. Mm-hmm. Maybe, though, it, there's a chance that it could be that style of offense. I don't know if it's like a, hey, uh, wait to see your blocks kind of thing, or if they don't, they tell him, uh, don't come out of your break right away. I don't know. Maybe it's him. Maybe we'll see that at the next level if he can increase his speed a little bit or if it's that's just who he is. Yeah, I mean, all in all, I definitely think there's no questions asked. He's one of the top two running backs in this class. Yes. Um, will be drafted as such. I don't know if he's going to be the first guy off the board. I think this is more reminiscent of two years ago's running back class mm-hmm. where you have J.K. Dobbin, Clyde Edwards-Solaire, yeah. and Jonathan Taylor, and it's kind of a toss-up as to who the number one is right. by offensive system. Because I honestly, that year, I was very high that Jonathan Taylor should have been the number one, and mm-hmm. it was Clyde Edwards-Lair. And hip, hip, who cares? Who cares? Um, but no, I I personally, I like Brees Hall's film. He's definitely one of my top two favorites. There's a clear-cut number three here in my book. But uh, anything else you guys want to add on him? No, I mean, I like him. I can see him going anywhere between the number one to number three guy taken. It just depends on, like you said, which which team is picking and uh, what round it is. And to be fair, I say one through three because there's this year's running back class, it is three very good running backs. Yeah. And then a serious drop-off. Serious drop-off, correct. Yeah, very. Uh, but we'll go on to the next one. The next guy we have is Isaiah Spiller out of Texas A&M. Uh, Running-wise, he had 179 carries for 1,011 yards and six touchdowns. Um, He didn't get a lot of rushes. I think oftentimes they were playing from behind and they had to try to throw to keep the games up. Mm -hmm. He is very good at keeping the legs moving when he does have the ball in his hands. And he works for his yards. Um, The field awareness was very good from him, I noticed. Especially around the goal line. He, He knew where the plane was. Knew what he needed to break that plane and knew where the out of bounds was when he needed to scat to the side. Yeah, and speaking of like good field awareness, some things I saw with with that, like jumping off that, is like he had good like hesitation when he runs. And what I mean by that is he would wait for the hole to open up for him. He wouldn't just run and pick a spot to run. He would have that patience to wait for the blocks to happen and then take that take that like hole. I did have as well though to couple with that. He was much better running to the outside behind his blocks than he was up the gut. Yeah. But that also I think carries that I had that he's a much better elusive back than he's gonna be a all around back. I feel like I mean personally I feel like he's not he is my number three out yeah, of three. I was gonna yeah. make that point too a three out of three. Um and it's 
<sighs> the other two, in my opinion, are probably leaves and bounds a little better. He's, I think so. He's three by a long shot. Um, when you're going to draft Isaiah Spiller, you're getting, um, I wouldn't say a poor player. I would just say he, he's the... He's an average running back at best. I don't think you're getting a bell cow. Right. I think you're getting a guy... You're getting almost what... A better version of Devin Singletary? Yes. I was going to say what um, the Eagles got with Kenneth Gainwell, but probably a little bit more. Um, yeah, I'm definitely thinking on my end that it's it's going to be something similar to what what Spiller or what Singletary was. Like, Buffalo hoped he'd be a bell cow, I think. And he's a very nice complimentary back. He's when used properly is very good. Yep. But I don't know if I ever want to trust him as the number one. He's, he should probably not be getting thirty carries a game. Um, I noticed that again with the whole thing we said elusive. He's not powerful. Very easy once you get a hand on him, he goes down quick. Anything else you guys got on him? No, I think uh, that's pretty good. Pretty fast. Oh, he's definitely quick. Definitely a quick guy. Did he? I don't think he ran the uh, the forty. The forty because I was say what was his forty time, but I think it's gonna be depend. He's gonna be dependent on the team of the good O line. He's gonna if a team like uh, uh, like the Bears draft him. I mean, they got David Montgomery, but a team with a poor O line. And he's expected to be a bell cow. He's he's going to be poor. Uh, so at the Texas A&M Pro Day, just a month and a half, or just less than a month ago, uh, he ran a four six three. Yikes! So he's faster on tape than he is in real life, which yeah. actually bodes worse for him. A guy who already we thought was the three, maybe even sliding out of being the three. So maybe not. And uh, these running backs are probably like. It depends on how the first round goes, but I don't see any of these guys going in the first round unless teams like Buffalo don't see a wide receiver or a corner on the board. I think even that, a team like Buffalo or someone like that, is going to value a higher position or trade down. And I don't I, think anybody's putting a first for them. I don't think so either. It's just that's the only scenario I see them going in the first. Um, I think... We could probably see running backs start to go mid second to late second at the earliest. I mean, there we we see crazier things. We could see running backs start to go early second, but I think the mid to late second is where we start seeing running backs go. I agree with that. We uh, Gary, you and I talked off there recently, and I did a mock where I traded down to New Orleans second round pick, and I was the first one to take a quarterback or running back off the board. It was actually our next running back we're going to be discussing, Kenneth Walker the third. Um, but even that was like pick. I was already at it with him. Even that was like no. Even that was like pick uh, forty three of the draft. So it was early, early middle of the second round. But uh, Walker five ten two twenty, the smallest of the three. Uh, Michigan State last year two hundred sixty three rushes, one thousand six hundred thirty six yards rushing, and eighteen touchdowns. He was a baller, man. Baller, yeah. Man. My favorite of the three, I think he's the most athletic of the three. Uh, he, he seems like he's the most well-rounded. Um, definitely a three-down back. Um, his weak point is he doesn't really block very well, but he's fast with the ball in his, in his hands. Um, 
he lowers the pads. He's good with jukes. He catches passes. He's got great vision. Um, fights for the extra yards. Very, very hard to tackle. Um, he, and he's dangerous in the open field. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, like like we said about the age or the the speed. I've got these scary fast. His ball carrier vision is elite. He's very good at being able to pick his holes, find the area he needs to get through, and he's gone. He takes the handoff already ramped up, and I put that on there because that's the one thing we noticed about Brees Hall we didn't really love. He takes that handoff at full speed, and you you already have a charging, charging quick man coming at you. And the uh, what I say is the difference between him and the other two is he always makes the first guy miss. That could escape a tackle in a phone booth. That's exactly how I wrote that. He's slippery. Yeah, Makes guys miss, and then I have it like two two notes later. Really makes guys miss. <laughs> um, you can't arm tackle him. You're not gonna drag him down with just a light arm tackle. You need to wrap him up and drag him to the ground. Um, and he he seemed to always have this penchant for making something out of nothing. And it's not like Michigan State was a bad team, right? And he was able to do anything to make a, a negative a positive gain, even if it was only one or two yards. But he was making. Drones of people miss. Um, the legs don't stop. He showed a penchant for as much as he didn't have a whole bunch of receiving stats uh, for making a, a lot of acrobatic catches as well on tape. This is my number one personally. Yeah. Um, and I wrote, he makes fast guys look not fast. Uh-huh. In a way, I wrote that. Um, he wrote, said he was fast. I said he really makes guys miss. He's dangerous on any play you give him the ball. So, yes. like. He is a home run threat. I don't know if I'd say he's Derrick Henry home run threat because he's not as much of a smash mouth guy. Right. And but Derrick Henry is a different breed. Yes. I, I almost want to... He's a prototypical mix of speed and power. Yeah. I almost want to say he's got the like the high side potential of Alvin Kamara. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Without, like, the bad stuff. Yeah. Um, but no, Kenneth Walker, truthfully, one of my favorite running backs in this class... I really think that he's going to be a productive guy. Any of you dynasty players, he's one of two running backs that I need to have at the top of the list if you're in desperate need for running back. I mean, that's where in our league I'm going to almost sell short because I don't think I'm going to get a running back at five. And if I do, it's probably Isaiah Spiller. And I you don't probably. think I want to sell the farm for Isaiah Spiller. Any of these guys listen to the podcast? Frank does. Renee does, Brandon does. Brandon's ahead of us. Frank's ahead of us. Yeah, I'm I'm way back there. I'm at three. I should be at twelve, but happens. Happens to the best of us, you know. Yeah, man. Jamar Chase with fifty five points. It's okay. It doesn't it doesn't mean a bad thing because No, it's definitely a good thing. In our other league, I was uh eleventh last year, and I'm drafting fifth this year. Yeah. So So, I mean it can only really go up. I mean I could go down, but I really could He's going up. Uh, but no, so like Walker is my one. Brees Hall's my two. Isaiah Spiller's a distant three. The next guy we had was a Damian Pierce from Florida. He really rose up the uh, the draft board. The big stat on him, I think a lot of people are looking at, he had 100 rushes this year. 540, or 574 yards, he had 13 touchdowns. He was, a, he was able to find a, t- a way to make a touchdown of almost everything. Um, but he didn't have much game film. Yeah, he didn't have a lot of film on him. From what we saw, at least that he stays up, he's quick, runs hard, and... And to be fair, I don't know if his plays. lack of uh, help this year was due to the fact that they revamped and lost four starters 
uh, skill position starters in Florida this past year. It could be, because I remember, I think you and I watched a bit of his film last year. That's what I'm going to try to pull up his last year stats. We enjoyed some of what we saw, so we kind of, I'm pretty sure we put a tab on it. We're like, okay, we'll keep an eye out for it for this year. And obviously, um, we weren't too impressed with what we saw on film. Um, I mean, even last year, like, his stats weren't anything earth-shattering. 106 rushes, 503 yards, and four touchdowns. Um, His average rush this year was 5.7 yards. It's not that it's bad. He's not like he's a big receiving back. 16 and 17 receptions the last two years, averaging 9.5 and 11.5 yards. Um, He just really finds a way to get in the end zone. Yeah, he gets it done, and he's not like the typical, like we said earlier with the other three guys, the three, the three down back. He might be a situational, maybe goal line back or a uh, short yardage back, or uh, maybe we'll give him ten to fifteen carries. The, well, that's gonna be that's the even funnier thing. This is gonna be one of those situations where I think you see a team that looks at him and tries to find Alvin Kamara because Kamara mm-hmm. had very limited film coming out mm-hmm. the year he was a, a steal. Um, he's a perfect. They don't need any running backs right now, but he's a perfect New England style. Guy. Yes. Um, but that's the funny thing. New England just did that with Ramondre Stevenson last year, right. who didn't have a lot of film and didn't have a lot of carries. Um, outside of the last two games of the season for Florida last year, he had eight or less carries in every single game. Mm-hmm. He had 12 carries against Florida State, and he went for 62 yards and a touchdown. He had 13 carries against UCF, went for 57 and a touchdown. Um most of these games, his averages were through the roof. USF a week two, five for fifty-five and a touch. Um, I don't know. It's he's a home run threat. He can break off a ten to fifteen yard carry, but he's something's making it where he's not either in condition to be running all of this, or Florida didn't trust it. I was gonna say maybe he's not very good with playbooks, which is still a concerning thing then right. because. I mean, I gotta see. I guess did they have another big running back there? Because that's just—it's such a weird thing to have something like that. I mean, they do throw the ball a lot. Who is that? Who is who? Emery Jones. Never heard of him. That's me. It's not. Uh. They they rush the ball mainly with the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Amory Jones had 143 rushes, uh, 500 or 758 yards, four touchdowns, and then they also have a running back, Malik Davis, who had 92 for 487 and five touchdowns. They all they had a three headed monster in Florida because mm-hmm. they had Malik Davis and they also had Naquan Wright. And he had 76. Um, so it's one of those situations where I, I think they just they have three guys there. They trusted. He didn't really get a lot of shine. We'll see where it goes. But yeah. I'm not clamoring that he needs to be done. And unless he's put in a situation where someone's desperate, Houston's desperate for a running back or something like that, Yeah, I don't need him on my draft board. I know. I, I can see him going in like the fifth or the sixth, maybe even undrafted. See, I've seen him climbing up boards to being as high as the, the third running back taken. And I, I, I don't. I maybe it's because we don't have all twenty-two. I'm not seeing enough footage on this kid. Right. Um, the next guy on that list, so we do have running back Kyron Williams from Notre Dame, five nine, one hundred and ninety-nine pounds, two hundred and four rushes, 
1,002 yards and 14 touchdowns. The touchdown production's there, but uh, averaging just under five yards carry is not great at the college level. Uh, he's shifty. He's got a nice stutter step. Once the ball's in his hands, he does snap his head up immediately, and he does. He, he just tries to take off for wherever he needs to go. Um, he's a solid receiver. He had a small frame, but he was very low center of gravity powerful. Um, he's He was a good special teamer. We yeah. saw him oh, returning. Yeah. Uh, returning, he's got electric burst. He fought hard through the line, um, but I don't think there's anything to jump off the paper that like he was over the top good. No, I mean at least when as we saw him return a punch, he was he break tackles, he cut fast, he had some good vision, he followed his blocks well. So I could see him going as like your gadget guy, kind of like an Isaiah McKenzie or like a a Cole Beasley type kind of guy in that situation where they're like jet sweeps or throw him out there on the plays like you need a. A punt returner yeah. or a kick returner. I mean, teams love special teams guys, and that's how, if you're not really, if you get drafted to a team that's deep at running back, I mean, you might make the roster just on special teams alone. Yeah, yeah. And, th- and that's the thing. It's not that he's, he's going to be a bust. Look at Marquez Stevenson with the Bills. Yes. Um, look at uh, Deontay Harris from New Orleans. Mm-hmm. He's not a good receiver. He's proven over time and time again he's not a good receiver. But he's an electric kicker turner. Yeah, yeah, and that can make you make I mean, a fifty-three man roster. So Andre Roberts. Yeah. Um, but I mean, is there anything else you guys want to say on Kyron Williams? Uh, not really. I didn't have much. He's got big boy strength. He definitely he's got which is funny. He's got big boy strength for a small dude. I know. The only thing I don't like about him is he doesn't protect the ball into contact. Fair enough. Um. Trying to sidetrack here, see if I've got any news. I poop it on the next guy. Let me see where we are at. Uh, Brian Robinson from Alabama, a guy who I keep seeing go up and down these lists. People want to see it. Why? I hope he doesn't listen to the podcast. You're not wrong. Um, You're not wrong, though. Um, what I had from the film that I saw, I said he goes down easy. He runs into his blocks. He's kind of lazy. He has bad ball security. He doesn't find holes. He just wasn't really the team guy when it came to like even wanting to block. You know, it kind of just was lazy when on his blocks when it was a pass player, things like that. You said it with the Gary said it. Gary said it with Brian Robinson's tape, watching him run. Watching him consistently run into his blockers. Who'd you call him? Oh, um, Trent Richardson. Trent Richardson. Out of Bama. And it's not even like he had good production at Bama. He was the clone of Trent Richardson. He straight up gets the ball, puts his head down, and runs right into the line. Runs into his own lineman in the back. Consistently. Back play after play. To... I don't know how Nick Saban didn't shave his head. <laughs> and it's just like, it came down to... Like, when you watched him block, man, he didn't pump his feet. He didn't do any of that. He was just kind of, like, in the way. You know, like, and that's not the best way to block somebody. Because all you got to do is move around him and put an arm, swim him, rip him, something. I mean, you go from Najee Harris to Trent Richardson light. Yeah, it's just... It's, it's, it's obnoxious. And he had ball security issues. He's got ball issues. Heard. Um, but, no, it, it really was... It was something that just drove... All of us nuts watching him. And the only reason he would get yards is if the edge was set for him. He'd have to bounce to the outside. Yes, and and even that was not a guarantee. Um, there was never a, 
you know what? He he had a really good really good run there. We we can give him some bonuses on this. Like, no, he he needed all the help he could get. And, and let, let's say that he runs it to the outside. There was almost no chance he was cutting it back. Correct. And like if I'm I'm saving there and I'm coaching and I see this guy out there blocking the way I was watching him block on tape, he's not going out there on, an, on an, another single play. Like I'm not putting him back out there. He is taking I mean, his he's taking his cleats off and sitting for the rest of the day. They have a stable of running backs at Bama all the time. I'm surprised this guy got snaps. I'm very surprised. Yeah, I, I feel like it was a hey, you might be the first running back ever to sit here, uh, and and wait for an entire senior season. We kind of feel like we have to let you play here. Um, and it's just nauseating. <laughs> I think that might be the best term for it. Unless unless their freshman running backs were just completely not ready yet, or like their underclassmen running backs were just not ready yet, and he was the only one that could grasp the offense. Or I don't know. It's a head-scratcher. You could tell he couldn't grasp the offense the way he was running. He's hitting his own lineman. He doesn't well, know saying, where the – No, I'm, I'm not saying that – like, I get what you mean, but I'm just saying, like, you could tell in those situations, running his own lineman or not hitting the holes. Like, if your plays up the A-gap and he's running at the lineman, straight at the lineman, like, he had no vision, nothing. Like, yeah, I don't that's know. what we call a pizza call. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that probably is. What um, still don't know what a pizza call is, Harris. But, no, the only other guy we had here, we, we did watch James Cook from Georgia, uh, brother of Delvin. I didn't really get him either, and he's another guy I'm seeing float into the fourth round. Yeah, um, I think he's getting looks just because of his name. He split carries there, I think, at Georgia. He's, so. He was in another part of like a three-man backfield, which I understand that. And the thing is, once he breaks to the open field, he's gone. Yeah, he's, he's lightning fast. He's shifting the open field. He's got that open field speed. He's like He was willing to block and has some pretty nice cuts. I would probably put that in there after watching, um, who, who was it? Before we just talked about before. Brian Robinson, yeah, Brian Robinson, because I was angry not watching someone block, but he the, definitely uh, blocked better. The uh, both games we watched though, the hitting it a ton of touches. No, I oh, yeah. he was in the same boat as Damian Pierce, where he also, if he got more than ten carries, it was a big day for him. Um, and it's it's one of the things like Delvin Cook br- br- built his reputation by running it a million times. And having no help there. He was behind a piss-poor line at Florida State. James Cook was behind a pretty solid line in Georgia, and just yeah. they didn't give him the ball often. When he got downfield, good luck taking him down. He wasn't someone that you could you could chase down. You, you've, you really have to be lightning fast to catch him, but it's is he going to? 113 rushes, 728 yards, and 7 touchdowns. Like, I mean, that's the thing. End of the day, he, he almost averaged more than six yards a carry. Yeah. He might have averaged more than six yards a carry. I think if you give him more production, he's going to be a uh, solid a, a solid back. He'll be productive. But until that happens, I don't want to touch him. I, personally, if, if he's a late-round pick and he's there, maybe. But I don't want to spend anything more. I mean, I fifth. think I've got him higher around higher like a four or five, I guess. Especially with how low of a class it is. If you are in need of a running back and you're willing to throw a dart, he might have one of the highest potential upsides in the right. draft. But it just it didn't show on tape. Anything else we want to say on this guy? Nope. No. I mean, well, he's got the pedigree behind it with the name, but... We'll cut it at that. And you know what? It sucks. We want to call it, talk pedigree on the name. 
Um, a year after Calvin Ridley left school, they had Riley Ridley. Riley Ridley has done nothing. Hmm. Um, so pedigree don't always mean shit. No. Maybe we will on this one, though. Uh, we will figure that out next week. Not next week. Friday, we're going to talk about uh, some of these late-round guys. And if we liked them, if we didn't, that'll be another shorter-ish episode. But, guys, thank you for listening. Shout-out to our sponsors, Jeanette at the Therapy Sessions Buffalo, Charlie at Renegade Studios down in St. Pete, Florida, Damien at the Platterbox in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, and our dude Kyle with Chicken Dippin' because nothing goes better with football than Chicken Wings, guys. Uh, if you have any interest, you want to check them out for yourself, go on their website at ch- www.chickendippin.com. Use code SPREAD716 at checkout for 15% off your order. Guys, uh, that'll do it for us. So until next time, you keep on looking for those fantasy beasts. We'll show you exactly where to find them. Peace out, guys.